welcome back to the Revelation Light podcast where I am inviting you to journey with me through the scripture, um, unpacking what it is to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, to have a complete reformation of how we think or be renewed, uh, have the renewing of our mind to know the perfect will of God and to live a life that's pleasing and beautiful to him. What actually is that? we have began our journey in the Gospel of John with the story of the blind man and I have loved it already. This podcast has just been on my heart to do for so long and I really feel like the timing is now. As I mentioned in one of the other recordings, some of this will go into a book that I'm writing at the moment and some is coming out of a book that I have already written. I feel like in the last five years I've experienced some of this seeing things in the Bible that I just hadn't seen before. I love reading the Bible and just being like that whole sense of it coming alive and then being actually alive within me. And I love sharing it. I love hearing other people's thoughts. I invite that. I want to revisit the concept that I don't believe that I'm right or that anyone who teaches or shares on scripture is always right but we get to share some of what the Holy Spirit is showing us um, and where we are at with Jesus Uh, and it's exciting to be on that journey together because ultimately um, God saves, sanctifies, he glorifies, he is his responsibility to do all of the work within us. The Holy Spirit is our teacher and so I know that if you're a believer in Jesus his very life and spirit is within you and anything that I say that confirms um, with that is exciting. Anything that stirs you up is just as exciting because it invites us to ask why, to go back and um, discover really what's happening within us. And so let me just recap the last two before I close out John, this story, and then uh, we'll go on to some more teaching on Revelation Light and the parables. And so we're looking or we've been talking about a man who was born blind from birth and experiences healing of his sight as Jesus spits into the dirt, rubs it on the man's eyes and sends him to the pool of Siloam, which I don't know if that's how you say it. Uh, It's the pool of the apostleship, the pool of the sent ones. Anyhow, Uh, So we've talked about how the spit is like the word of God going into the dust, which is the clay, into humanity. And Hebrews says that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit, exposing our innermost thoughts. And so our soul is that part of us now. We think, we feel, we're emotional, what we think, feel and want to do. And the spirit is Jesus within us. And so as that, as Jesus, as a sword divides, it exposes our innermost thoughts, which is the opportunity then for us to acknowledge that, to confess it. In fact, John 15, 4 says to abide in me to remain in me. I've heard it said that the word abide can be the hardest word, a really hard word to translate in other language, but can be uh, translated as recognize. And so as we recognize our innermost thoughts, we recognize our spiritual poverty. And at the same time, we recognize him, his spiritual wealth. And so that's exciting. um, Jesus on the, in the Beatitudes on Matthew 5, 3 says, 
great or what wealth which is a you know a word in the greek that can mean the capacity to commune with him to have oneness with him what wealth is offered to us when we feel our spiritual poverty because we're feeling our complete dependence upon him and we live in a society and a culture that is very very defunct in emotional regulation and dealing with crazy thinking Um, and so we're often suppressing our emotions or trying to ignore our dysfunctional thinking and our bad thoughts trying to change how we feel trying to change how we think it's a very exhausting disappointing disillusioning concept because it's so hard to do because it's impossible Um, but we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind as the holy spirit does that and he and one of the ways i believe jesus does it these are just my thoughts on scripture is that he divides so the spit into man the person of jesus in us i think it's proverbs 27 20 27 27 3 maybe oh you might have to search that up but says it says that the the spirit god breathed into man is like a lamp shining around in our inner being and so so the word of god is a sword um, the word of God in this story is the, the spit into the clay. Um, I'm going to go on in another podcast and talk about the word of God, or Jesus referred to in a metaphor as spiritual milk. Uh, it's very, very exciting. Uh, but anyway, so Jesus has spat in his face. He has gone to the pool. So at the spitting, can't see Jesus, still can't see, goes to the pool and scripture says that's when he's able to see for the very first time, which is just an exhilarating concept to just be blind from birth and then be able to see. Imagine how bright that must have been. Now my children complain when I turn the light on of a morning. I like to sing to them a song that I learnt many years ago. Our morning has broken. I like to sing it expressively and loud so that they can hear and that they can see that the morning has arrived and it's time to get up for school. They're constantly complaining, Mum, don't turn on the lights, it's so bright on my eyes, that's why I hide back under the blankets and that's why I fall asleep, it's your fault Mum, because it's so bright in the room. Now they've only slept overnight for eight hours. Imagine our blind man, how bright must it have been, goodness can't even imagine anyhow the people are disturbed they rake him before the religious leaders they begin arguing among themselves about who jesus is asking him who he thinks jesus is then questioning whether he was even blind or not summoning summonsing his parents who don't back him up uh, and then um, trying to get him to declare the truth by agreeing with how they view jesus this is just quite a debacle uh, and eventually he says do you you know do, why are you asking these questions do you want to follow him we know that God doesn't work through sinners so he's just sharing what his belief of God is and who the person is that healed him and they throw him out they get angry they go from anger as as he innocently stirs up whatever's in their heart to enrage they throw him out on the seat out, out, out on the seat of his backside probably um, and Jesus comes to him stands in front of him and says do you believe in the son of God <sighs> I'm not even sure how I would have responded after such an enormous event but he's just like please tell me who he is something in that moment transpires not only has he been given his physical sight to see Jesus in front of him literally 
somehow there's a spiritual dimension and all of a sudden when Jesus says it's me he hears that it's the son of God and he falls on his feet and follows him now I think that's exciting and uh, we're going to talk a lot more about how the miracles are often sight being restored ears being unblocked and feet being able to walk and and then the how the parable how the parables go on to talk about um, the condition of our heart and I really believe that when our heart has fear and unbelief and insecurities and pride within it those things are darkness and uh, as Jesus within us shines a light on it we get a choice how we respond to that so we can deny it by getting angry and heaping insults on others or blaming others or covering up or just withdrawing from people or we just do all sorts of things to cover up what is often exposed within our hearts just in day-to-day life um, or we can acknowledge it 1 John 1 9 says if we are quick to confess when he shines his light on let's just make a little pause moment here that it is God that shines the light on it we, we don't need to shine it on one another we don't even need to shine it on ourselves I love to talk about the prodigal son and how when he was in that pig pen it absolutely categorically wasn't people walking around shining the light on his misuse of his father's money or the offense he caused his father or the prostitutes he slept with that didn't return him to his father's home what return what what happened was he he felt empty and he identified that there was fullness in his father's house so god shines his light we're quick to confess acknowledge we recognize our need for him very very exciting and so we get a choice then we get a choice what we do with what's stirred up within our hearts and the condition of our hearts is so paramount because if our heart if if we cover it up in the parables that we're going to go on and look at after this uh, podcast shows us that that darkness once covered up it actually hardens our heart and we become unresponsive to the living god you'll find that in hebrews we will get to that but for now i wanted to um, round out this story with how jesus responds to the pharisees well he says in so in john 9 verse 39 and jesus said I have come to judge those who think that they see and make them blind. And for those who are blind, I have come to make them see. Verse 40, some of the Pharisees were standing nearby and overheard these words. They interrupted Jesus and said, you mean to tell us that we are blind? Jesus told them, if you would acknowledge your blindness, then your sin would be removed. But now that you claim to see, your sin remains with you. In fact, in the Passion Translation in the notes, it says your sin stands up or it rises up. I'm going to say that. I'm just going to read that again. Jesus told them, if you would acknowledge your blindness, then your sin would be removed. But now that you claim to see, your sin remains with you. My friends and anyone listening, this story is remarkable. And in these three podcasts, I have shared some deep thoughts. But I think it's only the the scratch of the surface. It's only what I've seen in it as I feel the Holy Spirit's illuminated this story in so many different dimensions. And I think it's only just the beginning. But when Jesus speaks and says, if only you would acknowledge your blindness, 
you know, in my personal life and in the people that I work with in um, ministry capacity, but all, but even not even that. Forget that. Actually, just I just want to talk about me. I have been and continue to be astounded at areas that I am blind in my life, at spaces that I just haven't seen, at times that I've blamed others, that I've got angry and I've responded trying to cover up really what Jesus wants us to see and that is our need for him. I said in one of the other podcasts that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience is the fruit of God and it dwells within me because the person Jesus does. But it is not a flute. flute. It's not a flute of fruit. It's not a fruit of my flesh. There is no patience in my flesh. There's not even any kindness in my flesh. If you experience any kindness from me, that is the fruit of Jesus within me. And I know that we can make it look like we have kindness within us. And that can come from a self-serving place where we're actually just trying to get recognition or approval or make sure our image looks like we're not blind and we're being a good Christian. The reason I'm doing this podcast is because I am so aware how much I personally lived so many years trying to be like Jesus, trying to fix my flesh, trying to transform and renew my mind that I might know the will of God, trying to do what Jesus promises and has and can do. My flesh hasn't improved in the sense that I haven't got any better and I don't even want to, but I want to know how to see um, see Jesus with spiritual sight in every moment and to celebrate that no matter how other people respond or react to it. I want to be able to hear when his voice speaks to me over all the other voices that would condemn and confuse the ones that come externally and the ones that come up internally. And I want to have feet that will follow him. Feet that will follow him in every moment. I want to know what it is to be able to see, hear and follow the King of Kings, the King of my heart. You know, grace gives us, Roman says, grace gives us the power to choose our own master. Sin leads to death. Our righteousness leads to life. Righteousness, our righteousness is the person Jesus with, is within us. Uh, and Jesus says to these Pharisees, they don't acknowledge their blindness, so their sin rises up within them. Interesting. Uh, I don't need to defeat any sin or conquer any sin in my life because Jesus has overcome the world, the flesh and the devil. He came and he defeated sin. So I'm not going to focus on sin, I'm not going to focus on the enemy, and I'm not going to focus on what others say. I'm going to focus on what's happening within my heart. And am I listening? Can I see Jesus in the moment? Am I able to hear his voice? And am I following him despite how the people around me are responding and reacting to me? Or how they feel about me? And that takes courage. Because so often we can deny Jesus to keep man happy. But my heart is a slave to righteousness. I think Paul might even say that in Romans. And uh, I 
I don't always get it right. Sometimes those blind spots of fear and insecurity and pride uh, cover me from being able to see and, and my flesh can be exposed and can impact the people around me for sure. Uh, but my hope is in Christ doing the work in and through me. And so that's it for our story on John 9. Uh, the next one will be uh, we'll begin looking at the parables and I'm very, very excited about it. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to continuing unpacking and journeying through the Revelation light. God bless you.